Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Satirically Challenge Show podcast. A few notes before we begin. This podcast is... Boss, you want to try that again? I didn't mean that. I meant Boxing Roost. Sorry, that's wrong too. That was for the other podcast. Oh dear, I've said too much. I meant to say the population of disabled people, of which there are one billion of us worldwide. Sorry, did we offend you already? If we did, accidentally or otherwise, we have doctors standing by to take your calls. Wait, we know what you're thinking. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! I've tuned into the wrong podcast. Doomsday. The end of the world. I'm going to sanction them. Trust us when we say it's been done, not to us. But we just want to tell you that the opinions and the hosts are not condemned or owned by Bold Talk Radio or any other network. Hey, Daddy, I want an umphalumpa. I want you to get me an umphalumpa right away. All right, Bruco, all right. I'll get you one before the day is out. I want an umphalumpa now! Can it, you nit? Be careful, Bruco. Whatever. Like we said at the top of this announcement, this show is run by trained staffers. He's absolutely bonkers. We totally agree on that point. Oh, wait, we did say that. We said it was run by people with disabilities. That's true. Anyway, we may have other hacks in the control booth, with the exception of their boss, Rhino, who heads our politics department, who... Satire isn't going away, and we've only just begun. Season 7, you're in trouble. Even though you're... Well, we know. We know you have a very little kitchen next to Gordon Ramsay's or Jamie Oliver's. Your kitchen is shite. Uh, we know... Get out of the kitchen, and we're implying nothing by that. Also, quack doctors, people who are opposed to free speech, jail politicians, we're on to you. Also, dictators, people that are neurotypical. You talking to me? Isn't everyone? If you're not, here's the definition, which is defined as two or more people who are considered to be normal. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, we have news for you. You're not normal. But we do encourage you to go, please, please, please go straight to your doctors and get your head checked and enjoy the podcast. Thanks. Hello there. It's me, Allison, along with Jamie, James, Red Hood, and Driz. Also known as Andre. Yes. Along with we are our all special here. guest, Noah. Hello. So, Hello, yes. Noah. Welcome, Noah. 
Thank you, Andre. So, um, the situation, at least, at least that we bring ourselves here tonight, is violence and autism and Minneapolis. Um, in the city of Minneapolis and in the city of Arizona, there have been problems in understanding pretty much everything about the behavior of autism. <clears throat> and specifically with Noah McCourt's case, it's really the injustice of a police department, right, as I get it. Um, right. <laughs> understanding the finite details of what makes a person trying to actually survive. Uh, absolutely. Am I getting that correct? Yep. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, thank God I'm getting that correct because I've been wondering since we posed this question several, at least two and a half months ago, I mean, at least what's been wondering in my head uh, is why isn't, I mean, to crack on with opening discussion, if you guys don't mind, um, do you mind if I crack open the first question? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. So um, the fact is, is that can you, for those who don't really know the location and like of where this is um, in Minneapolis, is it in the city? It's in the um, room. If you're looking where, you know, if you're looking at um. Um, a map of the like state. Of, yeah, if you're looking at the state of um, at the state of Minnesota, um, this actually occurred in the suburbs, and it's about probably half an hour to uh, forty minutes um, outside Minneapolis. It's in the Outer Ring suburbs to the southwest, in a little town mm-hmm. called Chaska, Minnesota. Hmm. All right. And in Chaska, is it like anything like huh. three billboards? You know, is there anything uh, like what? I'm sorry. Okay, there's a movie called that's nominated actually tonight for the Oscars, but that's a different subject. Called uh, Three Build, Billboards Out of Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Is it like a very small town that everybody knows everyone? Um, you know, it used to be. It probably has about twenty-five thousand people right now. Okay, so so it's oh, wow. not small, but not super huge. It's not. It's, so it's medium landmass is what we're going after. Yeah, um, it's, you know, it's 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 a um, pretty darn good-sized suburb, yeah. Right. They've actually had quite and, a few issues. And, okay. and you know, and, and if you really look at it, it's actually located in Culver County, um, Minnesota, and it, they're the only city in the entire county that actually has their own police department. Uh, every other city in the county. Um, oh wow! Every other city in the county contracts with the sheriff's department simply because of the fact that um, you know police departments cost money. And one of the issues too that we have with right. that police department is this is not the first scandal. Um, so there have okay. been issues with racial. Go ahead, Jimmy. Yeah, no. I mean, when you describe scandal, is this like somebody? Well. A, we know it's about autism and violence, and you. But yeah, well, like outside and, you know, of that, and outside you know, of that, yes, there's been 
you know, you know, outside of that, yes, there's actually been a variety of other scandals. Um, last year, Chaska PD was actually mm. in trouble for um, racial profiling. So they had, so they, they had a group of officers who were um, racially profiling uh, Latinos. And so mm. basically, what they were doing is oh, they were wow. targeting. Uh, they were specifically targeting areas um, with dense Latino populations, and they were even. Um, Using threats and intimidation um, against the Latino community. Um, like, there has also been what? incidents with mental health where they have, um, th- you know, they have a significant problem with uh, perpetuating violence against pe- people with mental health problems. Um, mm-hmm. And so, rather than de-escalate the situation, oh, wow. they have a tendency they have a tendency to go in and make the problems um, significantly worse. Mhm. And this is all and I think that, and, and you know, and and I do think that that uh, pattern of escalation uh, does reflect in uh, the dealings with autism as well. Right, right. But like, in in the fact is that then, okay, normally, right, as you've heard in our message, in our pre-show message, that that's usually what we play. Um, we're not against NTs, but we do advise them to go to get their heads checked, you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, the fact is, is that if we're advising them to go get their heads checked, is this somebody, is, is this a department of police that we should be looking out for and calling and saying, listen, um, you should get your heads checked about understanding autism and not beating up on us. <laughs> uh, should they get their heads checked? Yes, I would, <laughs> I would certainly think so. <laughs> right. You know, and it's one of those things where there are, you know, and, and a lot of these things are just basic common sense. I don't think it takes a rocket scientist to figure out, um, you know, how to treat someone with mm. autism with decency. And, and, you know, and, and I don't think it's hard to provide accommodation. Um, right. Right. I mean, right. Mm-hmm. Um, Allison, were you going to say anything? Uh, what? Has there been any other cases other within the state of Minnesota? Yes. Actually, there was a case um, several years ago involving a young man named Marcus Abrams. He was a mm-hmm. 17-year-old African-American male, and he was actually uh, coming back from the state fair. It was probably about early, uh, late August, early September, and he, was, um, he and his friends were roughhousing by the tracks of the light rail, which is um, kind of like the above-ground subway that you guys would have. And and they actually, you know, the cops strolled up, and they told him to settle down. And Marcus did not respond fast because people with autism are slower to process information. Um, And so he, uh, Mm -hmm. um, they ended up um, going over there and asking him for, for an ID. IDs are not required until you're 18, um, mm-hmm. he was 17. He, he didn't have right. an ID, and they thought mm-hmm. that he was messing around with them, and so they ended up attempting to handcuff him. They ended up tapping him to the ground. Um, you know, people with autism are hypersensitive, so one of the worst possible things you right. can do is grab them. And so right. he, and so they grabbed him and they tackled him to the ground, and they ended up beating him so severely with the two seizures. Um, he was declared oh dead God. for 15 minutes. Um, that's oh probably the worst case scenario we've had in Minnesota. 
Um, we mm-hmm. had another incident, a few more incidents. There was one in um, Roseville where mm-hmm. an individual was grocery shopping and an off-duty cop accused him of shoplifting and they uh, um, ended up macing him. But what he, uh, what they figured out later is that he was taking free cookies from the free cookie plate at the Cub. And, ma- well, the and, question and is, my guess is that he probably just struggled to communicate that. But the problem with that scenario mm. is that people with uh, one of the one of, and one of the largest problems with that scenario is that people with autism, you know, they it, they take a little bit longer to be independent. And so I can only imagine how angry those parents are because. You know, it's one of those things where you work, you know, very hard to get your kid to be able to do things like go grocery shopping by himself. And when they have an experience like that, it's very hard to get them to right. go back. Right. And I'm glad that you were able to your experience with um, people who have autism because, you know, when you're autistic, you have, you have so many distinguishable things about yourself, um, your friend, everyone else, and Everyone always tells you that you're different, and they try to make fun of you. So people's autism take that to heart very seriously. Yeah, and we take it hard. And we also, you know, I also have a problem with bullying. And I really think bullying should end at school. But I can honestly Mm. say that I've never been, you know, I've never felt so um, ashamed of my community as I was in this incident, because it was almost mm-hmm. as if, um, in, in these particular types of incidents, because it's almost like it's, you know, um, government-sanctioned bullying, which really bothers me. All right. I mean, I, we've, we've I all think... been there. We've all been through stages of bullying. In yeah, our yeah. But, but yeah. In, in, your, in your case, right, if we're going to go to the immediate, the immediate incident of what happened to you, was that yeah. you attacked you were tackled this occurred last year in October. Yeah, this, then, so basically what happened to me is this occurred last October and mm-hmm. I actually um had had one of my shutdown moments and I and I hadn't really done anything. I was just walking down the street and I've kinda of trained myself to go to my dad's church. I was really walking down the street heading towards my dad's church and my friend mm-hmm. actually called the police for um, one of those welfare checks is what they call them, check the welfare, just checking up on me to basically make sure I was okay. Well, and, mm-hmm. you know, I I don't I, – I process information at a slower rate when in that state, and they basically showed up and tried to compel me to talk to them, and I had completely removed myself from the situation. I was doing everything I was supposed to, was supposed to do. And because I didn't, com- you know, they called me non-compliant basically, and they tackled me to the ground. Uh, they ended up knocking out one of my teeth. Um, and then, you know, in a situation where they um, were worried I was suicidal, they uh, uh, they they didn't even do anything in regards to that. They just threw me in the cell for four days, and I ended up being charged with uh, um, assaulting a police officer because he got a bruised knee. And, you know, that shouldn't be okay. Like, like I'm one of those people who, yes, Mm -hmm. do I think there needs to be some level of accountability, sure. But when police create the situation, um, you know, because this is 75% of their their fault, they could have just disengaged. They could have sat there and watched. 
they could have said, hey, Noah, do you want to ride to your dad? There were a lot of other ways they could have handled that besides physically accosting me. Right. right. And the fact is, the fact right. is now, now in, in the case of it, it's now you'll be try, being charged with two felonies unfairly. And the other mm-hmm. thing is that the other thing is that in terms of these felonies, they carry weight because they claim that you assaulted a police yeah. officer. Now, yeah, and that's what they say. Now, and, you know, the, and the unfortunate part about, well, the unfortunate part about these scenarios is that every single scenario it's the same charge. You know, I right. mentioned Marcus Abrams earlier, and they tried to charge him with assaulting a police officer, even though they beat him so severely into a concussion or, or into unconsciousness. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I have a problem with, like I said, when they create the situation, um, right. you know, and actually there's actually a recent Supreme Court ruling in regards to these kind of incidents that says police can't create their own probable cause. The question, um, oh, yeah, I mean, the other question I had in my mind, well, well, you know, I was asking Allison today. I said, "Well, okay, there have been charges in Minneapolis, and there have been charges in Arizona. Why in the world do they have hate crime laws in Britain? Okay, but they don't have hate crime laws in Minneapolis, as and far especially as the hate in this area." Statute? I believe the hate crime, you know, I believe in the U.S. the hate crime statute is a federal statute. Well, then, um, if, but if are you if suggesting that, that are you suggesting that the perpetrators of these type of incidents are committing hate crimes? Bingo. You know, and that's something I had considered as well because this is a bingo. I mean, like this, you know, the fact you know, is, it's is, one of those things. Right. The, yeah, the and is... you know, a hate crime is very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and then, like I said, the issue too is it's very difficult to charge a police officer. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, could you? The, the yes. Figuratively, mm-hmm. yes. But is it hard to prove? Yes. But how is it? How likely is it? Only eighty to ninety, a hundred percent likely. Yeah. Because of the fact that yeah. the. You know, if we're if we're all around the table agreeing and it's a round table interview, we think, well, okay, there's no hate, there's hate crime laws in Britain, there's hate, there's a federal hate crime law in the United States. Why aren't they using it? Why why is it that why is it that autism and because the people who who, who host this podcast. Are autistic, with the exception of one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, one of the issues too with with right. that, you know, discrimination piece and that um, hatred piece, or just you know the the bigot piece, is that mm-hmm. um, so often when we talk about those kind of concepts, they're based on mm-hmm. race. And so you have, you know, what, what, and I said this earlier, is you know, in my speech, in a speech I gave the other day, that when it comes to mm. people with disabilities, so often we are spoken for, and when we talk about minorities, we're not included mm-hmm. in that. We actually have a, a, a um, sure. in, in, in the State Department of Health, we have an Office of Health Equity, 
and 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 the state statute doesn't list disability as as being you know a, a demographic in need of equity. And so I've been working to change that on the Hill too. Is that you know right. we need to include disability in these conversations. Absolutely. I mean, the statute. It's like it's like being the statute of limitations on any crime. You know, it. You either include the person's disability, or you just don't. And I think that now more than ever. In your case, in anybody's case, in the case of similar, I mean, don't you agree, mm-hmm. Andre? Don't you agree, Allison? You know that. I I yeah. completely agree with that. <laughs> you you know that the yeah that well, and then one of the other issues too. One of the other issues too that is, that is something that's a big deal when it comes to um, things such as mental health and. Uh, um, disability and law enforcement are these welfare checks. It basically is right. a way to it basically is a way mm-hmm. to avoid the need for it. And so, if there's you know a medical emergency or if there is a um, you know a, a disabled person in need of assistance, police can theoretically enter or provide assistance without a warrant or or, or need of a crime being committed. Um, but what, right. what we're seeing, but what we're seeing here is you know. Well, what you're seeing here is you're seeing them say they're, say they're performing a welfare check, and then they go in and they escalate the situation. That's not a welfare check, you know. And then, and, and especially right. for a welfare check, you know, there's, you know, it, it needs to be, you know, there's a lot of cops, you know, a lot. So basically, the Supreme Court has ruled that uh, cops really don't have an obligation to respond to uh, crisis calls. Mm-hmm. They usually due to either, the, either um, the policy of the state or agency procedure. Um, right. But, but if, but so, and the courts have actually ruled that if they go in and they escalate the situation, they can be held liable for that because what they're doing is they're acting outside mm-hmm. the scope of their duty. Um, and so right. really, I think that in some of these situations, where they're going in and they're deliberate, you know, and they're deliberately asking the situation, then yeah, you, sh- you know, they should be sued and they deserve to be sued. Um, but, 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 you know, one of the issues too, within the issue of that that you see is if they know there's a lawsuit, what they'll do is, is the, you know, is the, is the American with Disabilities Act as a very powerful weapon, but it's only, but it's only enforceable in civil court. And so what you have to do is the county attorney and the police will get together um, and they will try and uh, get a conviction on just any charge to prove that their actions were justified. And so all of a sudden it negates a lawsuit. So it doesn't really matter if your rights were violated. It doesn't matter if they didn't accommodate your disability because because what they're going to do is, you know, they they don't care about your rights. Um, and a lot of people, when it's faced with this kind of pressure or felonies, is they'll settle out of court. Yeah, go ahead. Go I ahead. That, um, they, they just see it as, oh, you committed the crime, so you get arrested, and you're subject to their malicious form of treatment toward you. Yeah. Even though you, yeah. you have autism. 
you well, have, I have off treatment. It's you have a case against you. Yeah. Well, and well, and then, then the other thing, you know, a lot of these incidents stem from the fact uh, Title II of the American with Disabilities Act actually requires that public entities um, accommodate people with disabilities, and autism is a developmental disability. They they are fe- they are mandated by the federal government right. to provide accommodation to people with disabilities, but but nobody enforces this, and so that's why you see, um, you know, the increase is we don't need you know in many ways we don't need another law. Could we use training? Sure, but the fact of the matter is there's already a law in place. It's just that nobody is taking the time to look at this and say, hey, look, there's a problem here. Exactly. Right. He's taking the time out to focus on the the real problem, the yeah. problem of of treatment. Yeah. Right. Well, and then the other problem too is like I said, a lot of people see autism as mental health, and so they think CIT training covers it. And the fact of the matter is, it doesn't. One of the things about individuals with autism is that um, you know when it comes to the use of force, the more force that officers use, mm-hmm. the more out of control the situation is going to get. Because once again, a lot of people have autism right. are hypersensitive. Grabbing exactly. them, you know, like, you know, and, and you know, and we right. actually have an officer, and I, and I don't want to just rail on cops, because we actually have an officer um, in St. Paul who has children on the spectrum, and he has um, done a lot. Uh, he actually developed a training model um, to for cops to, you know, respond to calls with autism because they've had so many incidents in Minnesota. Um, and what it's called is it's called the Cop Autism Response Education, Mo- uh, Response Education Model. And the acronym is CARES, so it's called CARE Training. And it really is a three-pronged approach uh, to addressing some of these issues. And the first prong is training. Which is and and you know and this training is unique in the way that it's the autism society's training, but it's taken a step further because one of the one right. of the things you often hear about CIT training uh, is is offices will say we don't operate that way you don't understand the situation and we can't do this in this way because of the way the situation is um, is there is is you know, is is existing when we get there. But what but what St. Paul PD did is is they have um several officers who have um kids with kids on the spectrum. Um and so what they've done is they've taken this model and um that the, the Autism Society created and they've taken it a step further so that um all of a sudden um you know the way an officer thinks and the way an officer responds to a situation is incorporated in into the training. And so this training all of a sudden becomes um, by cops for cops. Mm-hmm. So it's cops training cops um, on how to respond to situations with people with autism. And it's actually a really good program, and it's seen a lot of good results. Um, and then the second uh, piece of the bill is the new Vitals app. Have you guys heard of that? No, we haven't. No, we don't. No, we, no, we never. We haven't had the chance to hear about it. Okay. All right, so the second piece is what's called the Vitals app. Um, and basically what that is, is it is a, an application for, like, a phone and a, uh, an individual, a caregiver or a parent, 
uh, can submit um, information to the app, such as diagnostics, triggers, and de-escalation techniques um, to this app. And it's a proximity app. So when a police mm-hmm. officer comes, comes within a certain radius, they'll get an alert on the phone. And so all of a sudden they'll know, oh, look, this individual has you know, autism, and this is what triggers him, and this is what helps him calm down. And so that information is all of a sudden available to them. And it's really a great tool to supplement right. okay. training. Um, and then the third so piece is connecting people. Huh? I said it's a very useful and helpful app. Yeah, it's a really, um, it's a really useful app. Um, and the thing to remember about the Vitals app is that it's not the end all. It really is a tool to supplement training. And so one of the things, one of the problems we are right. seeing in Minnesota is that people are getting the app and not training their officers about what to do with the information. And so it really doesn't do anything. Oh, wow. But it really is meant as a tool to supplement wow. the app. Um, and then uh, the third aspect is to um, connect parents and families with community resources. And so often, you know, people look to the Department of Human Services or the local county social services. And what we really need to look at, I think, too, is connecting people with those um, community resources such as the ARC Minnesota um, or the ARC US or the Autism Society or the Autism Centers or whatever other organizations they are that can also provide resources um, and in some ways um, remove the burden off the uh, state agencies. And I'm actually working on some legislation that um, really, inc- really incorporates those three prongs to address some of these issues. Um, I believe the uh, bill numbers are House File 2288 and Senate File 1436. So the are the bills that I have on that I have, that I have um, um, several advocacy orgs um, working with me with to address the increase of these incidents in Minnesota. Do you see uh, these technologies being? Um, being implemented in other areas of the United States. Um, yeah, I would like to see it because I think because like I said, I think it is a very useful app, and 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 I think it really um, enhances the training. But again, like I said, my concern is that people see it as the end all, and so they just get the app and they don't look at the training as being necessity. But the training does need to be incorporated. But yes, I w- I think it would be helpful in other regions as well. Right. Do you I mean, think more since the legislate? Sorry, <laughs> I just want to get ask another question. Um, do you see there being a more the government, the um, Senate, at the seeing the federal those who are in Senate taking a more federal? Yeah federal, bringing the federal government in to implement these, to better implement what is already going on in, and to, to also implement per, what is going the on ADA. to also you know, actually, uh, yeah. Attorney General yeah, Jeff sorry. Sessions' office yeah, a, a, um, Attorney General's office actually just released a report um, citing that there were like significant problems 
with the way law enforcement are treating individuals with disabilities. Uh, 50% of individuals who were shot by police um, this past year have, have had a disability um, of some sort or another, whether it's physical or developmental. Um, and so oh wow, um, the federal government does see it as a problem. Um, you know, and several years ago, the U.S. Senate met and they met and they were discussing the treatment of people with disabilities. Um, by law enforcement, and they've had just a ton of incidents, and whether not even just autism, also Down syndrome, fetal alcohol syndrome, um, et cetera, et cetera, and they all agreed something had to be done, but it was very much like the mental health conversation, where we always talk about, oh, yeah, we should do something about this, and we never really do anything, until it just spirals more and more out of control. Um and that's my concern is, is that, you know, yes, I think the federal government in the long run wants to do something, but I don't think that um, it's a, it is a major focus, but I think it should be. Um, and then, you know, and, and, and then, like I said, you can only train so much. And in, and in my situation with Chaska, um, you know, the officers knew exactly who I was. They knew they were responding to someone who um, might struggle to communicate with them. They knew they were, um, you know, responding to someone who was on edge, and they did what they did anyways. And so there was no amount of training that was going to fix the problems that presented themselves in that situation. They wanted control, and they were willing to do whatever they had to do to get it. And that's and 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 so at the, at the end of the day, you can't train people you know, for human decency. Um, you, you know, you can't legislate common sense. If you catch my drift. Yeah, and if so you legislate common sense. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the other thing is that if you legislate common sense, well, then everybody would have it. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? And, like I said, yeah. <laughs> and then the officer just goes to the point, like I said, that there are some officers who just shouldn't be police officers. Um, I mean, there are some people who just shouldn't be police officers because of the way their personality is. Um, right. I mean, like, I think half of the cadets that go into into um, any any um, you know police force, police academy type thing, it are either doing it for the right reasons or mm-hmm. not doing it at all. For the right reasons, yeah. I think they're going. I think partly, in my own experience, is at least in my experience. I don't know the others. Uh, I've seen, you know, in New York, particular branch of police, just completely take advantage of those who have autism. Mm-hmm. You know. And yeah, well, and they do, out. and so, you know, and there's so, also, you know, and, and let me focus. There's also been, um, you know, and I've said the same thing that I think, you know, my problem with this situation is that we're gonna be right back here because all of the things they did to me, the next individual with autism is going to have the same result. In fact, right. it might even be worse. And so my point, too, is, you know, um, what are we going to do about it? And that's, 
you know, and so I really think that the courts need to nip this in the butt right now and say, uh, we're throwing this case out, handle it better next time. And, you know, because they can't do that. And, um, they get, you know, and so my, con- and, you know, one of the county commissioners um, in Culver County actually suggested to me that they are um, concerned that this incident is intentional. Uh, and so that, and so that mm-hmm. there are certain individuals with, you know, like such as the county attorney's office or the Chaska PD, that are trying to meet the quota on the backs of the autism community. Uh, right. Because they get money. Like I said, when people are charged with a felony, they profit off that. Right. Right. Um, yeah, and um, going back to what Jamie said about the the police officers and the cadets. Um, mm-hmm. For example, in New York. I've, I've seen, I mean, to my experience, I've, I've seen a lot of police officers abuse their authority and power when it comes to arresting someone. Yeah. Instead of um, using je- gentle force, they use brutal force to the point where yep. the person they're arrested right. is injured and being bruised up because of their own handling of the situation, their own uh, yeah. responding to the issue. In their way, they're seen it as, oh, this this individual, he's he's the the culprit. So I'm gonna bruise him up. I'm me as a police officer. I'm going to bruise him up, and I'm going to teach him what's good for. Yeah, and, and I and I I I certainly agree with you on that. I don't think that's every cop, but I think there are cops oh, no, out not. there who are just like that. Yeah. Well, and like I said, I don't want to bash on cops, but I do think that, like I said, but but there are a lot more officers who are out there like that these days, and it's very concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, because even in situations such as mine, where there literally was no criminal, um, there was no crime until they showed up. They created their own crime. And so, right, um, so I have it was self-motivated. Yeah, and like I said, I have a problem with them coming into a situation, trying to bulldoze the way around, and then, um, you know, especially when I clearly did not want their help and had it handled and informed them I did not want their help. And so they just decided mm-hmm. that they were going to shove their help down my throat. And, you know, it was it was very just inhumane and unprofessional. Um, so I don't, I mean, I guess I don't. Right. You know, and, you know, and it's also and it's also a problem with mental health, you know, and right. you know, and it's like I and it's like I frequently say, when you're showing up to a scene, when a cop is showing up to a scene that they know is a mental health situation, and they shoot them anyways, you know, that should be a problem. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if someone is suicidal, you know, they don't need the police to show up and help them and help them kill themselves. You know that, that's almost what it's like. Uh, that's almost what it's like in this country. Is if you're going right. to commit suicide, fine. Let me let me show up and help you. And I and I have a problem with that. Yeah, and and then it becomes a sister suicide, and then it becomes uh, kind of yeah. like a doctor. I mean, I mean that's basically that's basically what it is. And then you know, and you know, and and you know, it's like I was saying, why do we even need an assisted suicide law? Because the cops are going to show up and help them kill themselves, anyways. Exactly. You know, why have the debate? It's already leaked. Right. Exactly. You know, and why have the debate when somebody like, okay, 
So I had a friend who wanted to do that, right? And so the friend, so I was worried. So I said, I'm going to call 911. Mm -hmm. And the friend said, don't, because then I'll become another statistic of -hmm. somebody who just committed suicide Mm -hmm. because of something else. And then if you call 911 and they get involved, your entire place is surrounded. It's almost like they got a warrant to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and that's, I mean, that's literally one of the problems for me is that. Well, and that's one of the problems to me. Like, well, and then you know, one of the you know, and that's like I mentioned earlier. Police legally have no obligation whatsoever to respond to suicide calls. So if they, you know, and there was a judge recently. I believe it was Judge Wilkinson, the 4th District, who said um, that eventually law enforcement need to learn that the sins of omission are generally less actionable, meaning that if police merely just did nothing and just let a person de-escalate um, by themselves and just left him there, they, that is less so, that, that, that is a less um, – there's less of a problem legally than going in and trying to, and you know, just blowing up the situation more. I mean, if it's going to be the same difference either way, then save yourself like, trouble and just leave him the hell alone. Right. It's like the it's like the doc joke. I mean, if you want to see a dead man hanging, you go and watch him. <laughs> And that's not yeah. a joke. That's just a sentence. The rest, yeah. the rest of the joke is, well, history. That's that's yeah. the joke. And then it doesn't become a joke. It actually becomes mm-hmm. fact and then research. Yeah. And then somebody studying it and saying, why mm-hmm. did he do this? And why did why did this happen? And why did that happen? Mm-hmm. And then, then it gets into somebody phoneticizing fin- their brain, you know, as in to say, did they have mental disabilities? And something the subject of mental disability always comes up. I don't care. Well, if and I also, well, and I also think it's and I also think it's important to recognize too that people with disabilities, whether they are developmental, uh, physical, or even psychiatric, you know, or even a psychiatric condition, they still mm-hmm. have civil rights. And so legally, right. unless they are in imminent danger to themselves or others. And that's not even saying danger. They have to be in imminent danger. Imminent. And, Meaning yeah, they, they imminent. have to have a plan. They have to be about to carry it out. Police do not. Mm-hmm. They do not have the right to, do, to just go around detaining people on the basis right. they have a mental health problem or a disability. That, that's called right. profiling. That's psychiatric profiling. And it's a violation right. of the American with Disabilities Act. Because psychiatric mm-hmm. conditions, whether mm-hmm. they want to believe it or not, are protected under the ADA. Yeah. Yeah. See, and then, like, and, that, and, and that's it, one of the problems I have with these welfare checks. Is basically, it's just giving the cops to go around. It's just giving them the green light to go around and, and it violates the civil rights of individuals with disabilities. And that should not be acceptable. Right. And in violating the person's disability rights, then you got a lawsuit on your head. Yeah, well, and, and, well, but the unfortunate part is, yeah, you know, well, and then 
and then on top of that, it places new blame, you know, and then it's unfounded blame that mm-hmm. could have just been avoided. Yeah, well, and it's unfounded blame, and, and and you know, and it's like I said, they need to learn to disengage. Like, like when you mm-hmm. don't have to tackle somebody, don't do it. Just leave them alone. Right. I mean, I mean, it's like it's like officers have this need to go and control situations that if they just left them alone, wouldn't be a problem. And so that's my problem with my incident too. Is that literally. The crime was created as a result of them committing a crime. Right, exactly. So if you commit I mean, the like, crime, you do the time. But at the same yeah, time, and, and, well, and, but, well, and that's what I'm saying is, is the fact that they just sit there and deny all culpability when everybody and their brother knows knows they escalated the situation that was right. that, you know was not escalated to begin with is a, is a problem. Yeah. Exactly. You took the words right in my mouth without even saying them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or with saying them out of my mouth. But, like, the, the fact is, is is really that it's become such a severe country, I mean, um, yeah. problem in this country. Like, the gun laws, it, it ties back to the gun laws. The fact is, is that, like, idiot-in-chief uh-huh. is going yeah. running around saying, teachers shouldn't have guns. I was saying earlier tonight, I said... That's the stupidest idea that... that So in history class, so in history class, are you going to really do the the duel between Burr and Hamilton? Or are you really going to have a a racial profiling by actually actually taking a class to a theater to watch a play and dressing up as Lincoln? Yeah. And then we all know what happens next? (laughs) (laughs) You know... It's stupid. It's like saying, "Okay, why?" Really, what why? they need to do, what they need to do before doing any of this, like I said, is, you know, I think there's even Republicans who will acknowledge that there is a need to revisit background checks because mm-hmm. right now there, right. there is no, you know, and and that's where it really needs to start is strengthen background checks and and see what happens because I have because. You know, if you look at gun shows, there was something the other day about, mm-hmm. I was reading some study about how, like, a, how, you know, an 18, 19, an 18 or 19-year-old can go to a gun show, and they can have a gun in under, in under like, 10 minutes. And, right. and that should alarm people. And so they need to, you know, I think there is a need to consider, you know, strengthening background checks. But I don't think that there is a need to go and grabbing all the guns either. And so one of the That's issues right. on both sides is that there is no middle ground. And so it's just pointless to have the conversation. And so you have one side that wants to grab all the guns, and you have one side that just wants to sit there and do nothing. And, you know, or they want to put guns in the hands of everybody. And so it's like, what is, where is the middle ground, and where is the common sense approach? And how do you have a dialogue when both sides are so polarized on this one issue that just uh, keeps coming up and it comes up all the time and it's just right, just like how many times people bring up the mental well, health the stuff been... when when guns are involved. Oh, they have mental <laughs> health issues. Oh, they have mental health issues. Yeah, well, so... we, need to, we need to disassociate mental health and disability 
with this because that because that's actually really harmful mm-hmm. to the progress being mm-hmm. made in the disability community. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, that connection and you know and, and you know and even with the thing with Adam Lanza. Uh, you know, that was one of those things where they came out and said, oh, well, he, he might have autism. And then they didn't even know if he had autism or not. But, but by the time oh, they actually right. reported that, the damage was already done. Right. It was already right. out there. It was right. just out there for everyone to hear, everyone to know about. So, mm-hmm. Well, and we've and even had several, well, and we've had several incidents. We've had several incidents. Um, in the past couple of days, we had an individual in um, Orono who uh, um, was on Facebook, and he said something about a school shooting, and he was arrested. And he's currently being detained in the Hennepin County Detention Center. He had autism. He probably shouldn't have said what he said, but, they, but his community has gathered around him and raised like $32,000 because I think that you know, and I think it's good that they recognize um, that, that this is somebody who has autism and as such maybe struggles with it with impulsivity. Right. Um, you know, and, and that he's not someone to be locked up for the rest of his life. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but then you also have, you know, this other one in, um, I think it was Van Dyke Heights, and there was an individual who... Uh, you know, they were talking about um, him and some of the older kids were talking about school shootings. And, and what if it happened here? What if he did something and he done uh, South Park? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys watched that, but he was expelled. No. Because it was, it was an inappropriate, but he was expelled. And then uh, a concerned parent called the sheriff's department and reported it. And they arrested him, and he is currently in the Ramsey County Juvenile Detention Facility. And then they arrested his parents because – and then they – yeah, and he has autism. And then they arrested his parents because they had guns in the house, but they're NRA members and they're gun collectors. And so all of this – and so all of this happens. Yeah. You you didn't hear about this? No. Oh, like, yeah, well, you know, if you – yeah, we've had several incidents where they're going in and they're arresting kids with autism and charging them with terroristic threats in Minnesota, which is a felony. But like, it's, but one of the big issues with these terroristic threat charges in Minnesota is the definition is way, way too broad. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever seen that old show, The Honeymooners. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen that. But, but oh, you yeah. know Jackie. But you know Jackie Gleason's character at the end. Ralph always Cramden. says, "Yeah, Ralph Cramden always says to the moon, Alice, to the moon." Well, theoretically, and, and like he's gonna knock her to the moon. Theoretically, under under the current statute, um, you know, he's guilty of thirty six counts of of, of, uh, of terroristic threats because it's not, you know. And so one of my issues with, with, with the terroristic threat statute is I think. For them to charge someone with that, first of all, there needs to be intent. Reckless disregard is not enough to charge someone with a felony, you know, terroristic that charge. Um, and then also there needs to be some likelihood that it's going to be carried out. You know, yep, I was reading right. something the other you day about it. In- 
There exactly. Ha- either you have to either you have to be serious. There has to be a great need for it to be. Yeah. Well, and the Supreme someone. Court has actually the Supreme Court has actually come out and ruled a couple of times about certain statutes of certain states saying that they are too broad. And so theoretically, if Minnesota's statute um, on what is ter- what the, what is defines um, a terroristic threat um, was actually uh, taken to court, I, I think the state would lose. Um, and I've spoken with several lawyers about it already, and, and, and some of the problems being presented by that statute, um, such as kids with autism who are impulsive, just running the mouse, um, without intent, and or just repeating something you heard on TV. I mean, if you repeat right. something you heard on Family Guy or South Park on American Dad, well, you know, you might you might just get yourself arrested for it. And so it's like, I mean, I just it's too broad. And is there any likelihood that they would actually change the statutes because of um, the broadness of the statutes that they already have in place? Maybe after they see adverse reactions. To... I don't know. It's it's ah. it's hard to tell with the current legislature what they would do. To be honest. Um, Minnesota actually has a um, mm. has has the Republicans have both the houses of the legislature, so they have the Senate and the House, and we have a Democratic governor um, who is on his way up. Mm-hmm. He's he's uh, he's not running again. Um, the Senate is probably up for grabs because they only uh, Republicans only have it by one vote, which is one of the reasons I'm I think that you know. Republicans should be focusing on disability issues is because they're going to need all the help they can get, come, you know, come January. Um, but I think it's a very strategic blunder for them to just ignore some of these fuzzy-wuzzy issues. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying that that should be the sole reason that, you know, these issues are looked at, but as a political strategy, I think it would be smarter. Right. Right. And what, yeah, I I had one question for you. Yep. If if you were elected to be an advocate for gun control and and also an advocate for the disabled, if you had an opportunity to speak to the president and share with them your ideas and how you feel about people with autism and how they should be treated without having the police resort to violence. What would you tell the president? What would you say to him? I would say, that, you know, one of the things that I would probably tell him is I think that people with autism and other, you know, developmental disabilities have a place in our society. I think they want to be included. I think they strive to be included. And I think that communities need to understand that and see that for what it is. And so I don't think right. we're asking for a whole lot in, um, you know, in asking for police to accommodate autism because, um, you know, and we're not asking for more, but what we are asking for is, is a level playing field. And right now we're not being afforded that. 
Right. Um, Absolutely. And you know, yeah. and like I said, and like I said, if I wasn't me, and I didn't know um, the the legalities, or I didn't know what was going, if I if I was going through the court system, I just had no idea what, what was happening. Um, they would be able to railroad me, and they do it all the time. They railroad these people, and these kids, these people with autism, but they have no idea what they're doing. And so half the time, it's like you know, you know, I, you know, one, and like I said, the problem with the ADA is that yes, although it protects them civilly, it doesn't protect them in their criminal case. Right. I mean, that's the thing, and it's it's so it's totally right. Um, we need to kind of wrap this up, but let's have a part two yeah. soon, because this was absolutely, absolutely yeah. fantastic. Um, and I would I would love it. Everybody else would probably love it, too. Um, yeah, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, and we will let you go. Enjoy your night. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys. Yeah. Well, thank you guys have for all your hard work. You guys, and you guys have a great evening. Thank you for talking with us. Yeah. Yes. Yep, definitely. Uh, talk to you soon. Yep. Bye bye. Hi. And so that brings that brings our show to a close. And um, yeah, we will be we back will have, in two we weeks. We exactly in two weeks have encores, and definitely tune into them. Check our yeah. social media pages, which can be found at AMC Press News and TCS Pod on Twitter, AMC Press and Co. on Instagram, and also Facebook at AMC Press and Co. And check our website, amcpressandco.com. And on that note, we'll Good see night. you next time. Good night. Good night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.